Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. How's everyone doing today? Come on, you got to be doing better than that. You got a three-day weekend. How's everyone doing today? Online audience, how are you doing today? We are so honored that you're here, so honored that you have joined us today. I know many of you have been very faithful to this. Uh, We want to let you know we love you, we appreciate you. Could we let them know that we appreciate them and we love them as well? Amen. I know we had scheduled Pastor Ray to speak this morning, but Pastor Ray is not feeling good. Him and his wife are not feeling good. Let's keep them in prayer as well. So uh, he called me up and and I'm taking over for him this morning. But we're going to have to get Pastor Ray back because Pastor Ray is a powerful, powerful speaker with a powerful message. So Pastor Ray, we love you. We're praying for you. Uh, God's, God's got you through all this. Amen. Anyone ready for the word today? Is anyone ready for the word this morning? I'm ready to speak to you. Would you stand and turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18? 1 Kings 18. I'm going to be speaking on reclaiming your purpose. Someone say reclaiming your purpose. Come on, say it like you mean it. Reclaiming your purpose. Those online, put it in the chat. Reclaiming your purpose. Someone say, I'm getting my purpose back. Say, I'm getting back to who God's called me to be. I'm getting it back today. First Kings chapter 18, chapter 18, verses 36 to 39, it says, And it came to pass at the time of an offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell down and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trenches. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. God, it has the power to change us and transform us, God. And as a result of it, let us never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Reclaiming your purpose. You know, the backstory to this scripture I just read, Elijah's going up against 450 prophets of Baal. The Bible says he's one man going... Going up, 400, going up against 450 prophets of Baal. How many know that it takes a special man to stand alone in that time, to go up against 400 prophets of Baal? And right now in the scripture we're reading, what it's talking about is, is, is there is kind of a, um, there's, there's this uh, showdown of who's God. Because people really believed that Baal was God, but Elijah was convinced that God was God. And so he says, okay, then let's prove it. So what they do is they build two altars and they put sacrifices on the altar. And those that are sacrificing to Baal, the Bible says that they are chanting. They're calling down for hours and hours and hours because the winner is the God who answers by fire and consumes the sacrifice. And so they're doing everything that they possibly can to conjure up all that they can. The Bible 
Bible says they're cutting themselves, they're praying, they're chanting, they are exhausting every avenue that they possibly could think of. And the Bible says nothing happens. And Elijah starts to taunt them. Maybe he's sleeping. Some versions say maybe he's using the bathroom. Maybe he's on a journey far away. And they try and they try and they try until Elijah says, hold on, boys, it's my turn now. This one man by himself, this prophet of God, he tells them to build, he builds the altar back, restores the altar back. Then the Bible says he takes the animal and he puts it on the altar. But then to prove that God is really God, Elijah says, I want you now to put the wood and everything on the altar, but I want you to drench the sacrifice in water. How many of you know that if you've ever been camping before, uh, uh, wet wood is hard to light? Elijah is bringing everything that, that could possibly be in man's hands out of his hands. He's saying if this is going to be God, this is going to be God. And the Bible says he prays his prayer that we just read. And when he's done praying that, fire comes down from heaven so hot that it doesn't just consume the sacrifice. But the Bible says that it's so hot it consumes even the rocks. And it licks up the water that's in there. And people at that moment are convinced that the Lord, he is God. How many know that if you've seen something like that, you would be convinced that the Lord, he is God? You see, Elijah had a purpose. Elijah's purpose was to be a prophet. Elijah's purpose was to uh, show God's power forth like this. Elijah had purpose. And like me and you today, we all have purpose. And like Elijah, we've all been to the place where we've been riding high with the Lord. You see, purpose is defined as this. It's the reason for which something exists or is done, made, or used. That's what the word purpose is designed. So God made each and every one of us for a purpose and with a purpose, right? We weren't just here by accident. We are here by design. It's God who assigned purpose. You see, we all have one mission, and that's to fulfill the kingdom of God and to bring his kingdom here to earth. But we all do it in different ways. Some of us are pastors and we preach. Some of us are, we have a job that we go to and we represent Christ at their job. Some of us are parents and we raise, we're raising up another generation of kingdom and people who have a purpose here on earth as well. Some of you are just moms at home and you're thinking, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to make sure that that house is full of joy, peace, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's your purpose. God has given us all a purpose. It's God who assigns purpose. He tells Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you and I gave you a purpose. Each and every one of you have a purpose, even if right now you feel like you don't. God designed you with purpose. You see, God never created anything without a purpose. Nothing. That means me and you have, a, a, we are designed with a purpose to say that you are here on earth by accident is to say that God was not prepared for your arrival. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. God knew that you were on your way. God knew. He was expecting you. Your parents might not have expected you, but God was not surprised by your arrival. God expected you the moment that he expected you. The doctors might have gave your mom a due date, but you were born in the moment that God says the earth needs you now. Why? Because God was expecting you because that means your purpose was activated at that very moment. You arrived here on earth to answer a problem. You arrived here on earth because God needs you and me to do something something here on earth. Don't you ever tell me that you are here by an accident. 
Don't you ever tell me that you don't have a purpose. God is the one who assigns purpose. Your purpose is the reason that God has you here. Acts 17, 26 says this, And he has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed. Someone say pre-appointed. He has appointed, determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwelling. You see, number one, we see God pre-appointed the time that we would be alive. He didn't have you born in another era. You might look at different eras and say, you know what, man, I wish I was born back then. I wish I would do this. God has you here right now for a time such as this. That was pre-appointed by God for you to be here. Next, it says that he had pre-appointed the boundaries by which you would live in. You were at this church because God says, you know what, in 2021, in this crazy time, I want you to live here in the Bay Area or I want you to come to CWC. God has you here for a pre-appointed to time, but more than that, he assigned you also a purpose. So God knew the time you would be born, the boundaries by which you would live. You see, some of you didn't plan to live here. You feel like you accidentally ended up here. But what would you call an accident? God calls a divine appointment. You're here on assignments. See, you're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointments, divine assignments. And if God took that much time to create me and you with a purpose, and not just a purpose, but he took that much time to think it out the time you would be born, and not just think out the time you would be born, but he also took time to think out the boundaries by which you would live in, and then gave you a purpose. Don't you think that it would be time that we come to him and say, Father, what in the world am I here for? Why am I here? You know, some of you have that answer already to that question. It's just maybe you're not living it out today. And today I want to challenge you to reclaim your purpose. You see, a purpose isn't something that if we get to it, we get to it. A purpose is the reason God has you here. He's given you exactly the mind to think how you think and do things the way you do things because there is a purpose behind it. He brought you up in the family. He brought you up in, in the culture, uh, uh, the ethnicity that you are. It was all by design. God did not make a mistake. You might think, well, if I would be better off if I was here or this color or that gender. No, God knew exactly what he wanted to do with your life. And he says, I'll create on this day and this time you, and here you are today. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine appointment. Just like Elijah was there by divine appointment. You see, Elijah is just coming off of a major victory. Bible says God showed up and God showed off. And if I was Elijah, I am floating on cloud nine at this moment. Why? Because I just proved, I, I, I sat here and prayed and watched God do this miracle that these other 450 people could not bring about on their own. If I'm Elijah, I'm riding high at that moment. Have you ever found yourself riding high in life? Like, can life get any better than what it is right now? Like, I'm making good money, my children love me, my house payments paid for, my car, all things are running. It's like all cylinders are firing. You got everything going good for you. That was Elijah that I could imagine at this moment. That's how I imagine Elijah. He's on this spiritual high. You ever left the church service and you felt like, man, 
God, you're about to do something in my life. Like I could run through a brick wall right now and it wouldn't even hurt. God, I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach the gospel to everybody. I'm going to get everybody saved. I'm going to get everybody baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do all that I can for you. Elijah's on this spiritual high because he just seen this great act of God. He's seen God move. Have you ever prayed and seen God answer it? And it's like, whoo, look at you. Look at you, man. God, these hands got someone. Don't touch me because you might get some of this as well. That's how I imagine Elijah to be right now. His very voice. He had just, uh, you know, prayed and a drought took place. This guy's voice has authority to it. He's connected to God in some way that I wish that I could be at moments. Elijah speaks and things begin to happen. And Elijah's on the spiritual high. And after such a display of God's might and power, Elijah has the wind taken right out of his cells. You ever have that happen? Like you are on a high and then in the next moment you are just as low. Elijah has this great purpose connected to his life and he finds now that this strong man, powerful man, man who spoke a drought and it happened, man who called down fire from heaven and it took place, we now find that he's running for his life. 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 4 says this, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. You see, because fire didn't just fall down from heaven, but the Bible says that afterwards, all 450 prophets, Elijah says, now take them out, and they're all slaughtered. Jezebel is not happy. How many know when you win someone to the Lord that the enemy is not happy? When someone gets healed of their sickness, the enemy is not happy. When someone gets free from addiction, the enemy is not happy. When someone gets freed in their mind, the enemy is not happy. He doesn't just sit back idle. But the Bible says that Jezebel now begins to say this over Elijah's life. She says, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, the very man who called the drought into existence, the very man that called down fire from heaven. And she says, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I do not make your life as a lie, of one of them by tomorrow. Meaning, Elijah, if I don't have you dead by tomorrow, then I'm going to die myself. She put a hit out on Elijah's life because 450 of her pawns, of her people, are no longer around because Elijah called down fire from heaven and had them killed. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. The same powerful man of God prays this now. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Spiritual high. To spiritual low. I love the story because it doesn't just paint the picture of a hero, but it also paints the picture of a human. That we could go from the highest of highs, seeing God move in powerful ways, all of a sudden now down to this very low where I'm running and praying, no longer fire to come down from heaven, no longer to stop the rain, but I am literally praying, Lord, take my life because someone has a hit out on my life. What happened to the zeal? What happened to the power that Elijah, uh, you know, proclaimed and displayed up on Mount Carmel? What happened to that? And some of us find ourselves in that very place where we have our purpose, we're living it out, and then 
life takes place and we begin to surrender our purpose because all of a sudden life begins to happen. Things begin to take place. Things don't go the way we thought they would. And now we find ourselves instead of praying, God, use me, we're praying, God, take me. Elijah goes from miracle to mayhem, from breakdown, from breakthrough to breakdown, from one moment on the mountaintop to the next moment in a cave, from high to low in the matter of moments. You see, it was not Elijah's purpose that led him to the cave. It was his fear. It was his fear that led him to the cave. God did not call Elijah to the cave. And some of you this morning find yourself in the caves of life. Some of you this morning find yourself hiding out because you face pain. You face disappointment. Some of you this morning find yourself hiding out and just kind of tucking away. And you're praying, God, just let, just let me go now. Why? Because you face some things in life. But I want to let you know it wasn't your purpose and it's not your purpose to hide and tuck away. Your purpose is always to be used in the way God wants to use you. It was this fear that brought him to that place. Some of you right now are in that very place. You see, your purpose will never lead you to a place of isolation. Amen. Hear me. Elijah goes in the cave to be by himself. Your purpose will never lead you to a place of isolation. If you're saying right now, I don't want to be around anybody, that's isolation. If you are staying home right now because you're saying, I don't want to be around anybody at church, that's isolation. That is not God's purpose for your life. Do not let fear, disappointment, let down lead you to a place of isolation. Your purpose is not going to lead you to a place of isolation. It might lead you at times to a place of separation. God pulls you away for a moment to get away with him. But it will never lead you to a place of isolation. You see, Elijah did not separate himself. He isolated himself. And you could never fulfill the God-given purpose on your life when you were all by yourself. Why? Because your purpose is always going to be surrounded by people. Well, it's people who hurt me. Well, it's people who God brought you here for. It's the very reason you are here on earth. Your purpose will always be surrounded around people. Can I tell you, when you're dealing with people, you are going to get praised sometimes, and other times you're going to get killed. But you got to keep doing it because it's the reason that God has you here. It's the reason God has you here. Elijah was isolating himself, not separating himself. Fear caused Elijah to isolate himself. Some of you this morning, you're isolated because of pain. You face some things in life and you're disappointed right now in God. And so you've pulled away and you've tucked away in the caves of life. You're here, but you're, you're existing, but you're not living. You find yourself just kind of getting by. God never said, he says that he, I came to give you life and life in abundance. He never said I came to give you just a get by. And some of you right now, you're just getting by. You might even show up to church because you know it's the right thing to do, but you are not thriving in your walk with God. You're there in your marriage, but you are not really married because you're just kind of surviving in marriage. You go to work to get a paycheck, but you feel no fulfillment in that. You're a father, you're a mother, but that brings you no kind of happiness or joy. God's purpose will never lead you to a place of isolation. And some of you today, you've been hurt. And you find yourself in the cave of isolation. Some of you have been let down 
you've given your life, you've given your all, and all of a sudden you get disappointed and you go into a cave of isolation. And there you are, you are by yourself in this place. You're not living out your purpose. You're the person that's disappointed all the time. You're never happy, you're never smiling. Why? Because you know there's more to you, but you just can't do it. Why? Because you don't trust. So you've been let down, you've been hurt. You find yourself at a place where you are all by yourself. I'll give just a little, but not enough. Why? Because I'm not going to give myself the opportunity to get hurt anymore. You can never fulfill your purpose when you're holding yourself back. You either give 100% like Jesus did on the cross. He didn't halfway die. He gave it all. You're in a cave of isolation because of pain. You're in a cave of isolation because of letdown. Some of you are in a cave of isolation because of unresolved issues. You got things that you've never fixed. Can I give you a little secret that it's really not a secret? You probably already know. Problems don't fix themselves. Time doesn't fix all problems if it fix any. We've just learned to cope with some things and learn just to handle, handle some things and just kind of get by with some things. But you know what? When we have unresolved issues, we can never fulfill our purpose in life. If you've got unresolved issues, can I encourage you this morning? Let's get it right. Why? Because God's got a destiny over your life. God's got a purpose over your life. And some of us are surrendering it. We're in a cave of isolation because we have unresolved issues. You cannot go any further. Why? Because every time you get to a certain place, God says, go back and make things right. Well, God, I, you know, I, I want to be used by you. Well, first go back and make things right. That's why the Bible says if you go to lay down your gift at the altar and you remember you have odd against your brother, pick up your gift. Go make things right with your brother. Then bring the gift back. Then God will recognize it. You could never go any further if you're not getting things right. You need to fix some problems. It might have been years. I don't care how long time has passed. If you are still holding something deep within inside of you, it's holding you back from fulfilling your purpose. You go into that cave of isolation because you have unresolved issues. It's time to get things right in the body of Christ. Can I get an amen this morning? You cannot fulfill your purpose from a cave of isolation. Look at 1 Kings 19.9. Elijah goes from Mount Carmel. Now he's running for his life because Jezebel put a hit out on him. Now he finds himself in a cave. Aren't you glad that God knows exactly where you are? And he speaks exactly what you need to hear in the moments of where you are right now. If you go back and you read this story, the Bible says that God set up angels and people to take care of Elijah, even when he's in this place of running. The Bible says he ends up in a cave. Verse 9 verse of chapter 19 says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What? Are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you in this place, Elijah? Did I not answer you when you spoke a drought into existence, Elijah? When you called down fire from heaven, did I not answer you in that moment and show up and show off, Elijah? Did I not prove that I'm God? 
And now you're running from this woman because she threatens your life. You're not just running, but you're hiding in the cave, Elijah. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Why, why are you in this moment right now? Do you not have the faith to know that if you would just speak, I would answer again? What are you doing here? Do you not know that if you would just ask, I would give you the plan to help you resolve issues in your life? What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you not know that if you would just ask, I'll help you get through this pain? What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you not know that if you would just ask, I'll help you to get through this letdown? What are you doing here? And I ask you that question this morning for some of you. Those of you online, what are you doing here? For some of you, it's been such a long time since you've made yourself available to be used by God because you faced pain, you faced letdown, you faced disappointment, you got unresolved issues. What are you doing here? You are better than this. You're better than this. Those online, you're better than this. God's got so much that he wants to do for you and do through you and do in you. You are better than this. What are you doing here? The Lord begins to speak to Elijah, calls him to the front of the cave. The Bible says he passes by in this massive fire. But he wasn't in the fire. An earthquake comes, and he's not in the earthquake. A great wind comes, and he's not in the wind, but he's in the still, small voice, the whisper. See, the thing about a whisper is that you have to really lean in and tune in when someone's whispering. Meaning, Elijah, we could be in the theatrics of all this stuff, and God was before. But he begins to whisper to Elijah. So that Elijah would lean in to hear God's voice again. I believe this morning God's whispering to you here today. God didn't call Elijah to the cave. You see, you can't prophesy in the cave. You can't anoint kings from the cave. You can't fulfill your purpose from the cave. And some of you right now, you're in the cave. And you can't fulfill your purpose from the cave. And you're looking for God to come through in these massive ways, but he's not going to. He's beginning to whisper your name and ask the very thing that he asked Elijah. What are you doing here? What are you doing here this morning? You see, your purpose in life will always be built around people. You can't get away from your neighbor. You can't get away from us. You can't get away with it. You know, people just irritate me. Awesome. You probably irritate somebody else. You can't get away from people. Your purpose will always be built around people. It's the people that you're supposed to help, but it's the people that also hurt as well. The same people who hurt you in one moment might be the same people who help you in the next. Do not isolate yourself from being used by God because you've been disappointed. You see, not only can you not fulfill your purpose from the cave of isolation, you cannot advance the kingdom of God from a place of isolation. And some of us this morning, people's lives are waiting for you to get back on track. 
There are people who are waiting for you to get things right so that God could use you to the fullest right now. There's people eternity that's waiting in the balance and they're waiting for you just to get say yes. They're waiting for you to come out of that cave. They're waiting for you to fulfill and live out your purpose and they'll never get to know Christ. Maybe, you know, someday, you know, they'll, 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 they'll say yes because you got things right in your life. God wants to use you and we need to further the kingdom of God together, but we can't do it if we're in the cave isolation I know we've been hurt we've been disappointed Randy if you could help me out you see you've surrendered your purpose because of pain let down and unresolved issues it's time to come out of the cave of isolation and reclaim your purpose the reason why God brought you here in the first place. As I close this morning, 1 Kings 19.15. God tells Elijah, what are you doing here? Meaning, I didn't call you to this place. Some of you right now are in a place God didn't call you to. You're in a place that God can't use you in that place. And this is what he tells Elijah. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. You can't anoint kings from a cave. You can't anoint a king if you don't show up. You can't anoint and fulfill God's purpose if you're not in that spot to fulfill it. Elijah, what are you doing here? Listen, it's more than just coming to church. You have to make yourself available to God again. You know, the gifting and talents, the things that you're good at, God didn't give those to you so you could be in a cave of isolation and use it all by yourself. God didn't give you that gifting. God didn't give you the heart he has. God didn't give you the compassion you have so that you could just sit on it. He gave it to you so that you could use it so that people's lives could be transformed and changed so that one day they could come back and say, man, thank you so much because of you I'm here today. Thank you so much because of you God did a miraculous work in my life. Think of all the people if they would have said no where you would be at today. All the people who ministered to you, the people who took time to prepare a message or the person who took time just to say hello, the person who took time just to check on you, do you not think that they haven't been through hurt, disappointment, and pain either? Think of all the people who show up and play and sing on the worship team or even greet you at the door. I remember talking to Brother Nicholas last week and he told me, he says, man, my wife passed a few years ago, and he says, you know what? Because I didn't, I didn't remember how to mourn. He says, so I went to church, and I just shook hands, and I smiled, and no one knew deep down inside I was hurting because I lost my wife. 
You don't know the people that greet you in the parking lot or at the doors here who smile when they shake your hand. You don't know the hurt that they have in their heart, but you know what? They stepped out of the cave of isolation and decided, God, you can still use me in my pain. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect. I'm not saying that you have to be completely healed. What I'm saying is you have to make yourself available. When Elijah comes down from the cave, he, from the cave, he has the confidence that God is with him, but I bet deep down inside there's still also this fear. What if Jezebel comes out? after me. What if she fulfills it? God says, I got all things worked out already. Elijah, get down because you're supposed to anoint a king and you can't do it from this cave. So I ask you this morning, what are you doing here? How much longer are you going to stay in the cave of hurt? How much longer are you going to stay in the cave of regret? How much longer are you going to stay in the cave of letdown? Listen, we've all been there before. We've all been and visited that place before, even carved our name in the stone of that cave. But some of us decided, you know what? Life is much greater than this. Sometimes you got to work through the pain. Sometimes you have to live through the pain. You have to give through the pain. Why? Because there's a purpose on my life. And someone's destiny is connected to your purpose. So you give when it hurts sometimes. Sometimes you smile, although your heart is crying. Why? Because I know my smile might change someone's destiny. And God will heal my heart eventually. But I don't know if I don't show up if that person would have been here today. So for those online, those here this morning, how much longer till you get out of your cave? How much longer till you say, yes, God, even in my pain, even though it hurts right now, I'll still fulfill my purpose. How much longer? It's time to reclaim our purpose. Let's get it back. And let's get busy. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. You're here today and you would say, Pastor Nick, I've never surrendered my heart to Christ. If I'm born with a purpose and I'm born with a destiny connected to my life, then I need to surrender my life to God. Those online as well, maybe you've never surrendered your heart to God or maybe you have and you're far away this morning. You know what? He loves you still. He loves you and he's calling you by name. Took this time and assigned this moment in time to let you know that he loves you. He's got a purpose for your life. So you're here this morning. You've never accepted Christ, or maybe you have, and you're just not living right. And you would say, you know what? I need God back in my life, or I need God in my life for the very first time. I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you, just to raise up your hand. Just to raise up your hand, because I want to pray with you. I want to lead you to the Lord this morning. If that's you online, I want to lead you back to God or lead you to him for the first time. If that's you, I want you to type in the, in the, in the chat there. Just, just type in, that's me, or type in the word alive. We want to connect with you today. I want to lead you in a prayer in a few moments here. Secondly is this. You're here and you know you've been living in the cave. You've been holding back. You, you, you're, 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 you're living just on fumes. You know you got so much more to give, but it hurts. You've been hurt. You've been let down. You've been disappointed. 
because you gave. And today you would say, Pastor Nick, I want to come out of my cave. I'm done with that. I'm coming down, just like he called Elijah out of that cave. I, I, I don't know why I'm here any longer, but I'm willing to get out of here because I know the Lord has a purpose for my life and I'm ready to reclaim it. If that's you here this morning, I want you to raise up your hand because I want to pray with you. Anyone at all? Those online, amen. Amen. I know there's people here today. I know you got so much to give. I know you got so much to give. Online, if that's you, I just want you to put a, just put that's me or put a hand up emoji in there because I want to pray with you as well. The Bible says this, that if you would confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, believe that he died on the cross and rose again three days later, then you know what? Salvation's yours. So I'm going to ask you, if you would repeat this prayer with me, those online as well, if you would repeat this prayer with me, say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again three days later for me. I confess you now as Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of the things I've done that have broken your heart. I make you Lord and Savior of my life in Jesus name amen let me pray over you right now father I thank you today I thank you Lord because you still have a purpose even though I've been through pain I still have a purpose even though I've been through letdown I still have a purpose although I have unresolved issues and Lord today I commit to coming out of the cave Lord I answer just like Elijah had to answer when you asked him, what are you doing here? Father, I pray today for freedom. God, that we would understand that I can't advance the kingdom from a cave. I can't fulfill my purpose from a cave. And Lord, today, like Elijah, I decide to come down because there's still kings that I need to anoint. There's still an Elisha that I need to pass my mantle on to. God, there's still somebody that's waiting on my obedience. And so, Lord, this morning, God, I pray your covering and your courage over your people now. In Jesus' matchless name, we all say amen and amen. Hey, come on, give God a shout of praise today. Listen, before we close out, those online, I want to remind you, next week we have our church picnic. Join us for that. But also on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have midweek service happening right here in this very room. We'd love to have you. We'll also be live online as well, but we would love to have you join us for that time. But remember, until then, love God, love people, and let's change the world. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.